Happy Wednesday, everybody. My name is Mike Jimenez, and this is the Acquire Taste. We are in West, Northwest San Antonio, having a great day over here. Hope everyone's having a fantastic hump day. Joe Garcia producing today's show. We are live on Twitter, live on Facebook, live on YouTube. Again, subscribe to us on YouTube, and we're nearing 400 subscribers. We're five away. Last time I checked, we we're at 395. We are growing by the day. Super excited about that. If you're following us on YouTube, you can actually make comments and I can respond to them in real time because I see them when they hit our screen over here. So be part of the show by going to YouTube and subscribing to the Acquired Taste Sports and Pop Culture Podcast. We changed the name last night. Again, the Acquired Taste Sports and Pop Culture Podcast. Joe Garcia, as I mentioned, produced today's show. Joe, how you doing today, my man? I'm doing good, man. Good to, to be here producing the show. You know, we're getting close to that that ever popular 4th of July weekend, dude. And I, I can't just take it all in and just imagine what I'm going to be doing because I just learned yesterday, our boss told us, we're off that 3rd and the 4th. It's interesting that you said that because I haven't checked to see what my calendar looks like. You're like, hey, we're off for the 4th of July next week. And I completely forgot. I mean, this is one of the, the biggest holidays of the year. Yeah. It's one of the main ones, if you will. And I completely forgot about it. So, uh, obviously, we're not going to have a show on the 4th of July. Uh, we might have a pre-recorded show on the 3rd. We're kind of uh, figuring that one out as, as we speak. Uh, but we have a big show today because one of my best friends is going to be on in about 10 minutes, James Pledger from San Antonio Sports Star. He's the host of Extra Innings, also the host of the Saturday Morning Hangover. Uh, one of my best friends in the entire world, and I love that man. He's going to be on, and apparently he's already threatening to give me crap about Victor Wembanyama. <laughs> okay, James and I were both the co-captains of Team Tank last year, and he's already telling me. I was talking to him on the phone. I was like, "Hey, you want to get on the show today?" He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "I'm going to give you so much crap and bust your balls over something." So I'm waiting for what he has to say. He says it involves Wemby, so I can't wait to get into that. But again. Go on to YouTube, subscribe, hit the like button, by the way. Yeah, please. Hit the like button. That helps out a lot. And again, you can leave your comments out there. Joshua Jimenez already already saying pledge with several exclamation points because they're excited that one of my good buddies that I've known for a handful of years will be on. And we have a lot to get into today. Uh, Wemby's summer league debut has changed. We all thought it was going to be in Sacramento, but not anymore. You know, DraftKings Casino has an entire segment dedicated to Victor Wembanyama bets. Several prop bets involving Victor Wembanyama. We're going to get into that today. And pop star John Mayer, remember him? You know, your body is a wonderland. Yeah, man. I mean, this guy is up there with Derek Jeter for uh, the girls that he has bagged over the years. He is being cyberbullied by Taylor Swift fans right now. It is ugly on Instagram. But we'll get into that in the show again. We go to about 1, one fifteen or so. Uh, this is a, a, a fun time. Great thing about this show is that it's not dated. If you listen to this at 3 p.m., 6 p.m., 9 p.m., it's still a good show because we try not to date anything so that you can watch this at, at your leisure. You can listen at your leisure. Again, my name is Mike Jimenez. Joe Garcia is producing today's show. Now, here's the thing. We were going to talk sports at the very beginning. But you were talking to me a few minutes ago about how our good friend, Madeline Mendoza, Maddie Sky of Axios, tweeted something that kind of pissed you and I both off <laughs> just now. 
we love Maddie Sky, but she does a fantastic job with Axios. Can you explain what she tweeted? Yeah, I'll do better than that. Why don't I just go ahead and bring it on screen? That way everyone can get the gist of what we're talking about here because it's getting wild, man. Ericot is what she was saying just about uh, a little over 30 minutes ago or so, 42 minutes ago. ERCOT reported a historic power use of 80,828 megawatts at 6 p.m. yesterday. Texas will likely break the record again today, ERCOT warns. And don't forget, they're going to tell you, go ahead and set those thermostats to 80 or 82. 82 uh, degrees. Come on. Okay. Do I want to give the right middle finger or the left middle finger to ERCOT? ERCOT is our energy grid. Okay. And if yeah. you remember, I believe it was back in 2021. The grid failed when it was snowing over here in Texas, and it got all frozen. And what did the legislature do? Absolutely nothing. They did nothing for ERCOT other than allowing them to fleece us as Texans. That's what they allowed. They're like, ERCOT, yeah. you got to still keep making your billions, right? Let's just go ahead and stiff everybody in the state of Texas for this. So, again, this is a, a an energy grid that might not be able to handle the cold and now might not be able to handle the heat. And there's a yeah. problem with that. They did nothing to fix the problem. Nothing other than take our money. Well, and the yeah. thing about that is this, is that I understand that you want to conserve energy. And I understand that we may have to do our part, right? It's one thing if the state is doing everything they can to make it right. But if you're doing nothing... And you're asking us to raise thermostats to 82 degrees? Screw you. I have my AC set at 68 degrees. I have solar panels, and I pay my CPS bill every month on time. Screw you. If I want to pay for it to be at 68 degrees or 70 degrees, so be it. Dude, I walk into a house that's at 75, 76, and I walk straight back out. I go to my parents' house and they have it in the low 70s, it is oppressive to me. I need for it to be cold, and I want the fans blaring. I want it 68, 70 degrees. During the winter, I turn off the uh, AC, obviously, right, during the winter. If it gets down to 60, 62 degrees, I don't even turn on the heater. It has to get to 60 for me to turn the heater back on. My wife and I love the cold, and I think that's one of the reasons why we're a good couple is because we under we we have the same compatibility when it comes to the thermostat. I bet you're Pluto, man. You go ahead and sleep with the fan on in the wintertime. Yes. You have to have the fan All the on. time. Yeah. All the time. And think about that. Think about how our, our grid is so fragile and that it it it, it froze, literally froze. People died. And the state legislature did nothing and then allowed ERCOT to raise the rates on everybody so that they can keep getting their profits on top of that, doing that during a pandemic. Now, I will never understand why we allow legislatures to do that. And that's not a Democrat or a Republican thing, because if you are going to vote one way or the other, why not just replace the ones that are there? They're going to allow that. If they're going to allow us to be screwed over, why do we have them there? Yeah. And 82 degrees, 82 degrees, I may as well be outside. I would rather be outside 
in the pool of my neighborhood. You know, I don't have my own pool. I'm not Joe Garcia. I'm not that <laughs> bougie. Okay. I don't have my own pool. I have the community pool in my neighborhood. I would rather be there in the afternoon than be in a house that's 82 degrees. I don't care if the fan's on. 82 degrees, bite me. What does that mean that's out there? Come and take it. And it shows an AC unit. That's basically it. Uh, Daniel Castro reaches out and says, the only mic take I like, him having solar panels. <laughs> that, that crap was expensive, though, man. Yeah. Well, he's from Castro and Sons Solar Energy. Oh, he is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Very, very cool. Yeah, I do have uh, solar panels. They were kind of expensive. I did get the uh, federal uh, credit on it. Yeah, they probably gave you like 3500 rebate or something bad no the feds gave me 10 grand man oh wow they gave dude. me 10 grand and the uh and i believe cps gave me like three grand yeah uh paul contu says the fan always has to be on always always, always. and you know what i kind of like the tv being on when i go to sleep as well ah, you like that white noise yeah i, I need to have that uh, i need to have it on there i usually keep it on like forensic files or unsolved mysteries i like the eerie stuff in the background <laughs> while going, put on while, some x files man <laughs> yeah exactly while going memes i want that on in the background yeah again you could reach out to us on youtube as well uh youtube we, we see your post in real time uh matthew reaches out and says any temperature is room temperature if you believe in yourself uh no oh. no room temperature to me is 70 degrees i had a college roommate named george and he was the kind of guy who would, would want to have it at 78 and I'm like, why would you want to have it? No fan on, just have it at 78. And because that's what the way he grew up. You know, he, wow. grew, he grew up in the west side over here, right, in, in San Antonio. What a west side. You know, he grew up on the west side. And, you know, you had the AC on only when it was 100 degrees. Yeah. You were probably, if you were hot, that hot, you would go outside and you play with the manguera. You were drinking from the manguera, dude. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And... I became his college roommate and I would, you know, move it back down to 68, 70. He would get so pissed off, so pissed off. He'd be in the, in, in the apartment at Texas state, you know, with a jacket on trying to be like, oh, I'm freezing. Like, dude, screw that man. 80 degrees. What's the point? What's the point of having an AC unit? Just go outside at that. Just go outside. You know, there was another uh, good topic here that Maddie sky brought up. She says, the silver lining to San Antonio's unbearably hot temperatures. The mosquitoes can't take the heat either. So that's right. Die <laughs> off. <laughs> that's very true. I did get bit a couple of times uh, in the past few weeks or so. But, but not as bad as it used to be. No, not as bad. Typically, I'm the guy who uh, the they avoid me. Right? Ah, the mosquitoes okay. avoid me. Like They'll attack my wife. But for some reason, I don't get attacked. But the one time I did... When Hurricane Harvey kind of decimated East Texas, going from yeah. Houston all the way to Goliad, uh, I drove out to Goliad. One of the things that I did was I took my daughter, Gabby, and at the time, she was either at the end of middle school, early part of high school. And I drove out there and I said, we're going to volunteer our time out there to help people out for no other purpose other than to just give back because people lost so much over there. So we donated a day. You know, we, we spent an entire day from like eight in the morning all the way to eight o'clock at night just cleaning stuff up. We found a family and just said, hey, uh, we just want to help. And we helped them out. We helped them clear out their home and clear out the debris from their home. And it was a, an opportunity for me to show my daughter that when something like that happens, uh, that you have to give back. Sometimes people can only donate money. People can 
you know, say their 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 prayers and well wishes and all that stuff. I wanted to physically move things. I was moving tree trunks and things like that. Uh, but that being said, the time that I was out there with Hurricane Harvey, those mosquitoes were the biggest mosquitoes I had ever seen in my life. <laughs> and I was bitten so bad and so many times that for like a week in the summer, I had to wear long sleeves. It oh, was man. disgusting. All that went up. There were those big arm. black mosquitoes that fly around when it's raining and everything. Dude, dude they you talk can't back to you. Yeah, dude. They, they, you know, you try to swat them like what? What? Yeah, the hood mosquitoes. The hood mosquitoes, man. <laughs> They're hurricane mosquitoes. No me pasa nada. No me pasa nada. <laughs> uh, lots of people reaching out. Some people coming out saying that uh, the phone is not notifying them on YouTube. Do you have any idea how that works? Yeah, like if you're getting notifications on your phone, what happens is sometimes you might want to check to see if the notifications are even set to on by going into your app settings on your phone. That's exactly yeah. it. So you just go to app settings, you go to apps and you look for YouTube, click on that and make sure that the settings are on so you get those notifications. Let me know when Pledger is uh, backstage, by the way, because yeah. he'll be uh, on the show soon enough. Again, James Pledger from Saturday Morning Hangover, also from Extra Innings. Is that a thumbs up as, uh, as though he's there? He's not here not yet. There. Okay, but, um... I told him 1215-ish, so we'll make that happen. But uh, let's go ahead and get to some sports uh, Victor Wembanyama making news again because we're all excited about when are we going to see him in a Spurs uniform for the first time on the court actually playing a game and the Summer League is coming up. And the Spurs had made the announcement that they were going to play in the Sacramento Summer League, right? The one really called the California Classic. Yeah. And the thing about it is this, is that part of us were like, why there? He's going to make his debut in the middle of nowhere in sacramento yeah and the news came out today jeff garcia from locked on spurs reporting today that Wemby's going to make his debut not in sacramento but in las vegas when the spurs take part in the summer league in las vegas which gets going on july 7th it's going to be a game played on espn they have four games over there july 7th against the hornets the eighth against the trailblazers the 11th against the wizards 14th against the Pistons. Again, the July 7 game on ESPN. The rest are on either ESPN2 or NBA TV. And you know what? This makes total sense to me. Total sense. Because I think the Spurs have realized a couple of things. First of all, this gives him more time to rest. Because he just finished playing the finals there in France in that league that he was in. And he's you know gone through the draft. He went to New York. He's now in San Antonio. Let's give him some time to rest a little bit because the Sacramento League is going to take place the first week of July. This is at least the second week of July. Give him some more time. And then also the debut takes place in a bigger market, Las Vegas. More eyes on him. People are going to be excited to see him. The debut needed to be in Vegas, and I'm glad that they're doing that. This makes total sense to me. I'm excited about it. I'm also excited that one of my best friends is ready to go. James Pledger from the Saturday Morning Hangover, also from his new show on San Antonio Sports Star called Extra Innings from 6 to 7 p.m. What's going on, Pledge? What's happening? You got me, bro? I got you, dude. You sound perfect out there, man. Dude, Pledge, I miss you, man. I miss you. <laughs> I love you. I love you. And I asked you earlier today that uh, I to be on the show, and you were saying you'd be happy to. And then you said you were going to give me crap. So I'll let you give me crap in a minute, okay? In a yep. minute. But the thought that Victor Wembanyama is going to go out and play in Las Vegas first 
as opposed to Sacramento. Your thoughts? It was expected for me. Uh, I've talked about it on extra innings. I fully, fully expected Victor Wimbanyama to not play in Sacramento and probably only play the first two games when it comes to the summer league, when they matches up against the number two and three picks in Scoot and um, uh, Brandon Miller, because they open up the Vegas summer league against Charlotte and then they'll play Portland next. Both of those teams are going to be televised on ESPN, which makes sense that if you're trying to rest him, you're not going to play him in Sacramento. You're probably only going to play him a couple of games in Vegas, and then he'll do his media obligations after that because we know that he's also got things to do while he's there for the NBA. Yeah, he has things to do. I mean, this is a this is a superstar going to Las Vegas, right? They need to have the superstar there, and that's the one thing – that I think uh, the Spurs organization, the front office needs to understand is that this isn't Tim Duncan. This isn't David Robinson. These aren't the introverts that no one's going to be following, right? This is Victor Wembanyama, who's a super stud, a superstar in France. He's coming and taking the U.S. by storm. All eyes are going to be on him. And because of that, that makes Las Vegas the logical place to go, not Sacramento. So I'm excited about it. By the way, Paul Contu reaches out to us on YouTube says Jimenez and Pledger, a man crush at its finest. Thank you <laughs> for that. So I'm excited about that I again. I for this. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> again, don't forget to subscribe to Jeff Garcia from Locked Up Spurs. <laughs> of our show. He's doing the reporting on Victor Wimanyama right now. You know, I've got a question for you, man. What's that? Between Jeff and Pledger, who's the one that dresses all to the nines? I, I mean, my call goes to Pledger. I think he can now do Jeff. No, okay. First of all, when it comes to dressing, Pledger is either dressed to the nines or dressed to the negative nines. Okay. <laughs> He's either fully dressed up with a tie and a vest yeah, and everything, yeah. or he is in a hoodie and, and shorts. He, yep. I, I, he's one or the other. He doesn't have no in between. Like right now, I'm in a polo and jeans. This is something you'd never see Pledger in. Right? He's either dressed up or not at all. He doesn't do the dad look. He doesn't do the dad look, yeah. no. But Jeff Garcia is forever dressed to the nines. I did Locked on Spurs with him this morning, and I said, dude, you're dressed down. And he goes, ask me how much this hoodie cost. <laughs> <laughs> so so even his dress down is super expensive. But again, follow Jeff. Well, Garcia. I mean, I get that. Because most of my dress down, still pricey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, we were on DraftKings. Uh, Jeff Garcia and I were on DraftKings uh, the other day. And you know how you can bet on various things. Future bets. There's uh, bet on the NBA, the NFL, all that stuff. DraftKings actually has an entire section dedicated to Victor Wembanyama. It's called the Wemby page. And I'm going to ask you. If we were to have mm -hmm. monopoly money being bet on this, because some of this I'm actually going to bet on, okay? I want to know what you think. Two to one odds, right? So you bet 100 bucks, you profit 200 bucks. Spurs winning 35-plus games. Yay or nay? Yeah, uh, over. over. I hit the over on that part. Two to one. That's not bad. How about this one? 40 games or more, six and a half to one odds. You bet 100 bucks. You get six fifty back and your hundred. 
I'd hit on that because we still don't know what they're going to do in free agency or if they're going to make a trade this offseason. So the the over arrow, the risk is worth it at that point. I agree. I agree. I think these are, are, are bets that as long as Victor Obanyama is healthy, they're going to hit. Uh, I like a lot of the prop bets that they have about him. How about this one? 12 to 1 odds. Will Victor Wembanyama score 45 points in a game? Whew. That's a tough one. That's, that's, a, a, lot that's a lot of points. That's a lot. Um, I would say no. But still. I wouldn't think he would hit over 45. No. Uh, just because the type of game he plays, he's very selfless on the court. Yes. He, he, he does a lot out there. He, 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 he will pass the ball, right? Uh, basically, two to one odds. Will he average 20 points per game and two blocks per game? Yes. Over. That's a, it's a parlay on that one. Uh, I found this one to be interesting. And I'm not expecting to say yes on these. But will he average 10 rebounds per game? And will the Spurs go to the NBA Finals? If so, 150 to one odds. All right, you know, I mean, it's a sucker's bet. (laughs) I will take, I will take the over on the uh, Tim rebounds because I do think he can do that. But when it comes to the NBA Finals, I think I'd hold off on a year on that bet, maybe. Yeah, I agree. His over under, by the way, when it comes to points, just a straight up bet is nineteen points, and the uh, rebounds is at nine and a half. So, Pledger, they want you to give them a weather report. They said it's over 100 degrees. Yeah, Jason Garcia reaches out. It's cool enough for a hoodie for me. (laughs) (laughs) That reminds me of my daughter. I took my daughter out the other day. I told her, I said, hey, let's get let's go to the arcade. And she goes, "Okay." And she gets dressed in leggings and a big ass hoodie. And I'm like, it's 103 degrees outside. And my daughter, who's 10 years old, is like, Dad, are the video games outside? I'm like, no, they're inside, but you're walking from the parking lot inside, and I, I forced her to change. It's uh, cold in those studios, man. Now, Art reaches out and says, of course, Wemby goes for 45-plus in a game. The Admiral went for 50 in a game. Okay. that's a, Admiral that's a- had different teams surrounding him when he first came into the league as a rookie. That is true. That is true. Talking to James Pledger from San Antonio Sports Star, host of the Saturday morning hangover, and also Monday through Friday at 6 p.m., extra innings. It's a great time. You can learn more about James Pledger and his sports takes out there. Now, one of the things that you oftentimes do is give me crap, okay? At oh, the yeah. Sports Star, it's called giving me crap. But on this show, it can be called giving me shit, okay? Uh, <laughs> that's the difference between having a podcast and having a radio show, right? By the way, I will say this, though. The three years I was at the star, never once cursed. That is like the biggest thing ever. Never had to hit that seven-second button. And <laughs> every once in a while, for those of you who don't know, every when he was producing the show, every once in a while you'd walk out of the room for two or three minutes because he had to go do something. And you'd get in my ear and say, you'd say, leaving the room, don't curse. <laughs> he would always say that. <laughs> but, Actually, what I would say is I'm leaving the room, don't blank it up. <laughs> <laughs> So, one of the things that you like to do is give me shit about certain things. And over the phone, when I asked you to be on the show today, you said that you were going to come at me hard about something. The floor is yours. I'm not coming at you hard. I just want to know if you're going to keep the same intensity with Wimby, 
who you love, and I'm pretty sure you've already adopted as one of your sons. He's my son. He and Malachi Branham and Devin Vassal, my sons. I'm just wondering if you're going to keep that same intensity of Wimby shooting 27% from three that you have with Jeremy Sohan this year. Ah, so you are because if you've looked at his stats over in France playing in pro a league, he was shooting 27% from three this year. Mm -hmm. So what you're telling me is, is that you want me to keep the intensity up because you thought I was a Sohan hater yesterday, last year. No, you just made a much bigger deal of his three-point percentage than everything else he did on the floor and talked about his efficiency. And I'm just wondering if you're going to keep that same energy with your son and beloved by all, now San Antonio Spur, Victor Wimbanyama, because, look, I don't expect you to. Wimby is beloved <laughs> by all. And I understand it, but we were trying to walk you back when it came to Sohan in terms of your, let's say, vitriol for his inefficiency from behind the arc. Vitriol. Take that back, my man. Okay, let's backtrack here. Okay, so I'm looking at Victor Wembanyama's stats when it comes to three-point shooting, and this is somebody who in the French leagues was shooting at 29% clip. Okay, not a very good clip. Uh, but to be honest with you, the three-point shooting in Europe is actually less than what goes on in the NBA because the ball is different, and the ball is a little bit better, a little bit softer in the NBA. So I would say that a 29% in Europe is closer to 31, 32 in the U.S. There is a difference between the ball and how it reacts to the rim. Which is still under the 32%. You basically said, that's when I will give Jeremy Sohan credit. Right. The big difference between the two, Pledge. Oh. Is, no, there is a difference. And you didn't ask me, am I, am I going to uh, come with the same uh, intensity, if you will? The difference that you have between Sohan and uh, Victor Wembanyama is that Wemby actually has very good shooting form. So there's good shooting form. The form is there. Sohan doesn't have a form when it comes to three-point shooting. It's Herky. No, he was working on his form, which I no, 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 alluded no. to all season long. But it wasn't there to begin with. It wasn't there to begin with. I mean, with free throw shooting, he did it one-handed. So it, it, the, the shooting form is not there. They were trying to make him do things that he did not seem physically comfortable doing. Wemby... When it comes to shooting from 17 feet out, when it comes to shooting from 15 feet out, it looks like it's in rhythm. It looks like a Kevin Durant type of thing. Not going in with the Kevin Durant accuracy yet, but it looks right. It feels right. It's mm -hmm. different. Uh, when you see Sohan, Sohan is, is shooting the ball like it's the first time he's ever been asked to shoot a three because for all intents and purposes, it was. Sohan was a 28% three-point shooter in college. So he wasn't a good shooter in college. He got better when it came to the mid-range game, you know, the 10 to 15 footers, anything inside of 10 feet. You know, Sohan's money when it comes to that. Uh, but I'm not going to keep up the intensity when it comes to Wemby because Wemby brings other things to the to the game. And Wemby is the overall better prospect between the two. Wemby is the future superstar. But I will say this though, Wemby being there is so great for Jeremy Sohan's development 
because it allows Sohan to do the things that he's good at and focus on being the best player that he can be already within his game, within his stay in his lane. So I'm not going to go after uh, Wembenyama if he comes out shooting cold uh, because the form is there. And, and that's half the battle right there. Okay, so in a tank season, I just want to get this right. In a tank season, <laughs> Jeremy Sohan's not allowed to work on his shot because there's no time in practice to do it really during an NBA season. But if Wimby's missing because his form's already pretty, you're going to allow for him to not be good because it's pretty. Yes, that's exactly it. I'm that's just making exactly- sure that the flip-flopper is still there. Pleasure. No, no, no. Pledge. It's not a flip-flop. It's, it's a I'm little bringing up the receipts. It's I'm bringing little, up the receipts. I got to bring up the receipts. Okay, what does it say? There you go. There's the tweet, the infamous tweet from December 31st, 2022. <laughs> if a baseball player hits .200 for a while, then .400 for a while, is he a 300 hitter or a 400 hitter? 300, right. A, re- a reversion of the of to that means... A reversion of the mean. I, mean. I remember okay. this tweet. Okay, so regression to the mean. What, what I was what I was basically talking about with that is is that there was a two and a half week period in January, early part of February, where Sohan was knocking down three after three after three, and people were giving me so much crap about it. And uh-huh. I responded back by saying, "You do realize he's going to go back to being a twenty percent three point shooter, twenty five percent because that's who he is." And then he went on to shoot like fifteen percent, one five. The rest of the year, mm-hmm. which fell back to him being a 25% three-point shooter, which is what he is. He is who he is. And the form isn't no, there. He, but that's not He is who that. he is right now. He is still working on that shot. He is developing that shot. He is who he is. And dude. here's the other He's receipt. a good mid-range guy. He's a great rebounder. He's a hell of a dribbler. Sohan's a good player. I want him on this team. I need him on this team. I want him to be the starter. I think he's going to do so well being next to Wem- uh, next to Wemby. But at the end of the day, it's a little bit different. At the end of the day, he 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 is not that guy. He can go focus on what he's good at and be a better player because of it. He yeah. doesn't have to be the next Kawhi Leonard. Well, here's the other receipt uh, for you, Pledge. Uh, this is what Mike had said. This was back on November 15th, 2022. Can we all agree that Jeremy Sohan should never shoot a three-point shot again, please? Pretty please. Pretty please. Sugar <laughs> on top. Oh, I'm I'm very aware. I've been around for multiple of these uh, takes when it comes to Jeremy Sohan and shooting. <laughs> Let me ask you this. How much time needs to pass before you all come to my side of the table and go, you know what, Jimenez might have been right? I don't know. I'm at least going to give him two to three years for the Spurs to completely break down his shot and then try and build it back up before I come to a conclusion on who Jeremy Sohan is instead of writing the book on him in the first week of the season. Okay, so we had several people reach out to us. Uh, yeah, you were yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, sons. Yeah, show this one about my sons. Uh, Joshua reaches out and says, what about Lonnie Walker? Is he no longer a son? Uh, Fred Villarreal says, so Lonnie Walker is now an orphan, question mark. <laughs> Echo saying Jimenez is fangirling over Wemby. Damn straight. Damn straight. And, That's what uh, you should. You should. Yeah, he's got the form. He's got I'm the just form. saying. I'm just saying, where is at least 
letting him find out who he is when it comes to Jeremy Sohan in comparison to Wimby. You're you're allowing him and him being Victor Wimbenyama to go out there in his first year and possibly shoot 29% because his form's already pretty and not have any kind of ill thing to say about him. Yet Jeremy Sohan, who is completely rebuilding a shot, you aren't giving a week to. That is James I'm, just, I'm trying to find I'm trying to find where it is. Okay, first of all, we need to have this conversation over drinks, okay? Have a an acquired taste podcast after yes. dark. And I'd be willing to live stream that at the Rupa because uh you and I get into it and we start yelling at each other at the bar doing these sports takes. It is different. Is it hypocritical? Yes. Is it a flip-flop? Yes. <laughs> But am I an acquired taste? That's all I wanted to hear. Yes. That right there. That's what I wanted to hear. That's it. Yeah, but there's a big (laughs) difference between this herky-jerky motion that Sohan has versus, man, look at Wemby's form. It's there. He just needs to be. It's It's beautiful. It's a tweak that he needs. Sohan needs to be demolished and rebuilt back up. Oh, man. Sohan shoots free throws with one hand. He's willing to do whatever it takes to get back. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But but, but that proves two things. It proves that Sohan can humble himself and will do what it takes to win. That's the positive. The negative is is that it shows he has no shooting form. Right? Why can't both be true? That is James Pledger from the Saturday Morning Hangover and also Extra Innings. Tell us about your show and how we can follow you, Pledge. Oh, you can follow me on Twitter. I am at I am Pledger. Also on Instagram, same handle. And you can also listen, watch my show at SA Sports Star, of course, on YouTube, just like you. You can also listen to it live at SA Sports Star or just listen to it live on the radio on 94.1. I am on from 6 to 7 uh, weekdays with extra innings. And, of course, myself, Jack Thompson, Katie Goodman, we are on on Saturdays from 9 to 11, except this past Saturday when we went 9 to 1 covering all things Victor Wimbanyama's press conference. That was outstanding. James Pledger is out there in the heat. Following this show, we're going to talk about one of his favorite singers, by the way, in a moment. Uh, John Mayer is being super bullied by Taylor Swift fans. I thought you meant Haley Williams. (laughs) Uh, Haley Williams. Dude, Paramore's in concert in Austin next week. Might need to make that happen. That's James Fledger, man. Love you, man. We might have to. Thanks for being on. Love you guys. All right. See you, please. Thanks, everybody. Fred Villarreal reaching out saying it's good to see Mike still on top of his game. I'm assuming he's talking about the hypocrisy and the flip-flopping. But it is what it is. Hey, real fast, a shout out to our sponsor, Cynthia J. Sanchez from J. Par Realty. Dude, offering a free market analysis of your home. So if you're thinking about selling your home and want to know exactly how much is it worth, you can reach out to her. The number is on the screen right there, 210-273-0748, 210-273-0748. Again, you can go to those websites like Zillow and Realtor.com and all of those, and they'll say, hey, your house is actually worth this, the Zestimate, right? But that's not reality because what's reality is what people are actually buying the homes for in your neighborhood, an apples to apples type of thing. So reach out to Cynthia J. Sanchez, 210-273-0748. You can shoot her a text as well and say, I want my free analysis of my home. One last thing, I mentioned it yesterday. We were talking about real estate. She's my personal realtor. We were talking about the fact that 
interest rates are so high. So if you want to go buy a house right now, it's typically at seven or 8%, which is ridiculous because that is double the interest rate of what it was just a few years ago. I know I got my house at 2.625 when I refinanced, right? But she's letting me know that there are home builders right now who are offering interest rates in that 4% range, which is amazing right now. They're for new builds and they're being financed internally. She'll tell you which neighborhoods those are, which home builders there are. Again, if you need a good realtor, Cynthia J. Sanchez has been doing it for 16 years in the San Antonio area. Uh, again, J. Parr Real Estate, 210-273-0748. She has worked a lot with the military, a lot of those who are in the faith-based community. Uh, she's very good at what she does. My personal realtor, Cynthia J. Sanchez. You can also reach out to me, DM me, if you need more information, and we can get you all hooked up together. Uh, but she's a proud sponsor of the Acquired Taste Sports and Pop Culture Podcast. Uh, also, don't forget to subscribe to Jeff Garcia from Locked On Spurs. Daily content when it comes to your San Antonio Spurs. I follow on Spotify. He does a fantastic job. Uh, he was talking about the fact that the Spurs are up for a humanitarian award as a team because of what they did in, uh, in uh, Uvalde after the shooting over there, the school shooting. Uh, also talking about Wemby taking part in the Las Vegas Summer League. Follow him on Twitter, at Jeff G Spurs Zone. Locked on Spurs podcast. I'm today's guest, by the way. We're going to be talking about the free agent point guards that are available out there. Is there anybody better than Trey Jones when it comes to free agents available at point guard? Again, Jeff Garcia from Locked on Spurs and Ken's Five. Subscribe to him. It's funny, though, you were saying you're going to go ahead and be the guest on Locked on Spurs. And Jeff, during the show right now, just texted me. And he's like, hey, can you be a guest? tomorrow for oh Locked there you go Spurs. there you go i'll be the i'll be the the show after you yes right I, I i'm the opener you're the headliner no That's... you're the headliner i'm the opening <laughs> act <laughs> so let's get into some pop culture right again I, we talk about sports but we like getting into pop culture and in fact uh, i was talking to a couple of people the other day actually it was yesterday about yesterday's show and they were saying hey we like that show that you did with carolina teague and we like the fact that you brought up some some interesting topics that were not sports related such as michael jackson being sued 14 years after his death being accused of molestation uh, we we got into yesterday about um uh other topics involving pop culture that were kind of out there we had that conversation piece about you know which celebrity would you want to be married to a fictional character on a tv show or a movie you know i said uh, uh claire dunphy you know, Julie Bowen from <laughs> Modern Family. I would love to be married to her. Uh, that's the fictional character I would want to be married to. But today we have to get into Taylor Swift and her fans. That Eras tour that's going around all across the United States right now is the biggest concert tour probably of my lifetime. She is doing things right now that haven't been seen since Michael Jackson. She's the biggest music act since michael jackson and i don't want to hear about you two i don't want to hear about you know metallica in the united states in the u.s it's taylor swift bro i gotta show you some of these comments man that's yeah. going up here on twitter yeah against it. you know taylor swift and john mayer some of these are, are freaking wild dude <laughs> i'm gonna show them to you right now on screen so here's the the beef that's going down here, man. 
You know, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm like, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. They're going at it. Well, the beef is around. So let me let me kind of check this. Check this one out. Amanda Ray. Taylor Swift is on the cover of the new Cosmo. And unless she's discussing Jillian Hall's penis size versus John Mayer's, I'm not interested. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let me let me let's backtrack here a little bit about Taylor Swift. Okay, Uh, Taylor Swift dated John Mayer from 2009 to 2010. She was 19 years old when this started. John Mayer back then was 32. Now, John Mayer has dated a lot of attractive women over the years. Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Um, this is off the top of my head. You know, uh, Jessica Simpson. He called, he, he called Jessica Simpson sexual napalm. Yeah. If you remember yeah. that. Uh, went off and dated Taylor Swift again. She was 19. He was 32. That makes him gross. Okay. That's a violation of the half plus seven rule. And if you don't know that rule, I fully believe in it. It basically says that you are a creep if you're dating somebody younger than the age of half plus seven. So I'll give you an example. I am 46 years old. Half of that is 23. Add seven. That is 30. So for some reason, my wife ever left me and I'm going to go back into dating if I'm dating somebody in their 20s, I'm creepy because I violated the <laughs> half plus seven rule. So when John Mayer was 32, half of that is 16, add seven, that is 23. Anybody younger than 23 makes him a creep. And if she's 19, I know she's an adult. But if she's 19 and he's 32, outright creep. That is Victor uh, Valderrama creepy level, okay, yeah, from yeah, that yeah. 70s show. So that being said, uh, she wrote a song about their relationship called Dear John. And she's doing these three-hour-long concerts out there all across the United States, which look amazing, by the way. And Dear John was not a song that she was typically singing out there, but she has started to bring it back into the set list. And because of that, people are like, oh, my God, I know that song is about John Mayer. And now John Mayer is posting things on Instagram, basically saying, you know, the photos that he normally does about his concerts yeah. and things like that. And all the Taylor Swift fans, known as Swifties, are rushing to his Instagram account and just giving him crap. Just yeah. talking trash about him on Instagram. And Taylor Swift is coming out saying, don't do that. Don't do that. I don't want you to do that. That's, that's not right. So she's not encouraging it. But the Swifties have taken it upon themselves to go do that. I saw his last post had like 6,000 or not, not 6,000, like 60,000 comments. And it's all these Swifties calling him scumbag, jerk, and all that stuff. Are you scared now? Watch where you go. They're threatening him. (laughs) These are probably meme, dude. I mean, it's crazy. Look at this. No, I I, I have a black screen on on, on it. I know that that you have a black screen. There's a meme on here right now, and it says Swifties when Taylor said not to hate on Jan Mayer, and they have the meme on here from Arthur. Arthur, I got to see it now. It says, that sign can't stop me because I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing about Taylor Swift, though, is that 2023 is the year where everybody came out and finally admitted that they are a Taylor Swift fan. Everybody is. And, and the people who are walking, you know, listening to the show right now who might be like, no, nah, I don't like Taylor Swift. You at least like one song. So Joe, I'm going to ask you the question. What is your favorite Taylor Swift song? 
Dude, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I, I've never been a Swift fan, dude. Dude, I never. don't buy it. I, I'm, I don't like dude, Taylor Swift. Dude, your nose is getting longer and Bro, longer. Bro, I'm not a Swift lying. fan, man. You are lying. I'm not a Taylor Swift Liar. fan. Liar. Liar. Dude, everybody. So for those of you who are following along right now on YouTube, I want you to post your favorite Taylor Swift song, okay? Because this is, it, it, it is a conversation piece because... You see on TikTok right now, all these reporters asking football players, you know, at their OTAs and whatnot, what's your favorite Taylor Swift song? And, you know, there's video of Aaron Rodgers dancing at a Taylor Swift concert with, yeah. with actor Miles Teller. It is now okay to be it because this is the biggest artist in the U.S. since Michael Jackson. Personally, uh, if you're to say, Jimenez, what are your favorite Taylor Swift songs? Um, I like Lavender Haze off the new album. I like Style, which came out probably about 10 years ago. And I like the song uh, Cruel Summer, which, by the way, is all over the top of the charts right now. Only Taylor Swift. I mean, do you know the story behind Cruel Summer? Okay. No, man. She started singing Cruel Summer. That was, that's the first song that she opens up with on the Eras Tour. And Cruel Summer is a song that she had on an album back in 2019, 2020. And the thing about that song was that it's a fan favorite. She's playing it, but she never released it. So keep in mind, the reason why she didn't release it was because COVID happened and she just shut down the release of songs because it's not like she could have gone on tour. She releases the album Folklore, very popular during COVID. She releases this new album that's going on right now, has all of these hits, you know, Antihero, Lavender Haze and all that. And the fans demanded that she release a song from an album three albums ago. She does. And now it's possibly going to become her biggest hit of all time. Cruel Summer is a great song. It is a great song. So then the question becomes, can she nominate this for a Grammy? Even though this is a song that was released or not released, it was released off of an album back in 2019. But it's a new song in the sense that it's being released to the radio. It just got released to the radio a couple of weeks ago. And right now it is getting up to 700 million downloads or not downloads, uh, streams on Spotify right now. 700 million. That's one of her top 10 biggest songs of all time. It is on pace to become her biggest song ever. Only Taylor Swift can do that. Have a number one song off of an album three albums ago. And she's still making money off of every stream. Dude, she is a badass because yeah. she's redoing her, her her albums. Have you heard that story? Yeah. She's re-recording her albums because she was not given the opportunity to buy her own catalog of music. Ah. She was 14 years old when she got signed, and you cannot uh, own your music at that age. So she did not want it to be sold to a particular uh, uh, music guy, that guy who hates her who talked shit about her, was the one who bought it. So she took Kelly Clarkson's advice and is re-recording all her albums so that she can actually have control over her music again so that when people stream it, that dude's not making money. She's making money. So if you go on to uh, Spotify, you're going to see in parentheses the name of the song, Taylor's version. That's letting you know she gets paid off of it, not that other dude. Yeah. She's done half of her albums that got purchased off of her. Uh, so I think there were six albums that she did off the old contract. 
the last few albums were her own, so she doesn't have to re-record those. But the first six, if I'm not mistaken, the first six, she's recorded half of them back already. And uh, that's a badass. That, that's like, dude, I... She's taking ownership of what she created. She's the ballsiest yeah. musician out there right now. Hey, you know what? You were talking about some of the conquests that uh, John Mayer has had over the years. Yeah, right? he's Derek Jeter-esque. Yeah. Well, why don't you talk about some of the conquests that Taylor Swift has had over the years? Looking at some of her ex-boyfriends here, doing a quick search on, on Google, you have Joe Alwyn, Tom Hiddleston, Calvin Harris, Harry Styles, Joe Jonas, Jake Gyllenhaal, Taylor Lautner, of course, John Mayer, and Lucas yeah. Till, just to name a few. And then, of course, Connor Kennedy. Yeah, and, and the question becomes, you know, was it a serious thing or was it a fling or was it just, you know, one or two dates or whatever the case may be? Uh, I, I read someplace that Taylor Swift uh, recently broke up with her boyfriend that she had secretly been with for six years. Yeah. Uh, so she's now on the market. Chris Gonzalez comes out and says, 22 is my fave. It's a good song. You know who likes that song? Oh. RJ Ochoa, the OG really? Rock the Mic from San Antonio Sports Star from Blogging the Boys. He always tells me that 22 is one of his favorite songs. That's my Josh, boy. I like Bones Tube right here. Not a fan. Yeah, I'm, that's a complete liar. <laughs> I'm that, that, just saying, that's like dude. saying you don't like sunshine. Dude, okay, so here's the thing about Taylor Swift. My, my, one of my best friends, Anthony. Anthony Swartz, if you're listening, what's up, brother? Uh, Anthony, years ago, we were out and about someplace, and Taylor Swift's name came up, and Someone was like, I don't find her attractive at all. And he had the greatest response ever. He goes, dude, if you walked into a house party with Taylor Swift around your arm, every girl would hate her and every guy would be looking at her. And because of that, she is hot. She is. She is. What is she, like 33, 34 years old now? Uh, I can say no that. Idea, I, can, I can say <laughs> that now because, again, half plus seven, she's north of 30. I can say that. Mario Cavazos reaches out and says, You Belong With Me is a very, very good song. Paul Cantu saying, uh, I wouldn't even know what she sounds like if I heard her on the radio. Lies. <laughs> Straight up lies. I'm telling you, man. Joshua saying, Shake It Off. You know what? It's those people who say that they don't like her or don't know what she sounds like. They're probably the ones who listen to her the most. No, it's it's just probably like me. It's just she's just really not in that genre of music that I listen to. So well, I probably I haven't heard I maybe I've heard her song on the radio, but I'm just not really all up and up on what's going on with Taylor Swift. Okay, so if I go into my Spotify list, let me see how many saved songs I have of Taylor Swift. Because you know you you save your songs, right? I'm gonna go ahead and guess that it's probably eight. Let me see here. Taylor Swift. Oh my god, I have 10 songs liked Jeez. from Taylor Swift. Uh, does that make me a Swifty? I will say this though. Taylor Swift, when she first came out was a teeny boppy kind of uh, musician. And yeah, she was the, really pop. It was really, guess, it was, well, it was country at first, then it became pop. Yeah. And it was very easy for guys to go off and say, I don't like her because that music didn't speak to any adults at all. Yeah, well, she was a what? She was a teen, she wasn't was a teenager, she, when she first 14, came out? 15 years yeah. old. So then she releases tw uh, the Red Album, you know, with 22 and, and Style came out. And then that was like, oh, she has a little bit more of, a, of an adult, but it was more like a young adult type of thing. The last three albums, especially the most recent one, I think it's called Midnight's, that is an adult album. Like that is like, it, it's, it speaks to people in their 30s and 40s and 50s, 
just as much as it does the, those in their 20s, uh, she grew up. And I can understand, because I hate, like the song Shake It Off, can't stand it. It's, <laughs> it, it. it's her biggest hit of all time. Can't stand that song. But you listen to Lavender Haze, great song. Like, I heard that song off the uh, new album. I was like, oh, my God. Dude, this was supposed to be a three-minute segment, and I fanboyed on yeah, Taylor you're, Swift you're going, pretty bad. Yeah, you're going way over now. By the way, uh, Taylor Swift does play. Dude, look this up real fast. Okay. Taylor Swift playing with Def Leppard. So there was a show on CMT, Country Music Television, called Crossroads. And she performed Pour Some Sugar on Me, Photograph, all these uh, big songs from Def Leppard back in the early to mid-80s to the late 80s, you know, off the Hysteria album, Pyromania. Yeah, High it was like on C- I'm looking at it. It says CMT Crossroads with Taylor Swift and Def Leppard. It was it's on YouTube. It was great. She did a fantastic job with that. Some of the crossovers that she has with like, uh, she sang on stage the other day with Brian Adams. Oh, nice. That was very good. She did Summer of 69. Yeah. That I'm was- not saying the girl's not talented. She can't sing. I just really don't listen to that I, genre I'm, music. I'm going to play Lavender Haze for you in a little yeah. bit. You know, a- after the show, we'll get into that. Uh, Manuel reaches out to us and says, Taylor Swift was both my daughter's first concert when she played uh, her in the final four concert. That was amazing. Uh, Chris saying she has the great comedy chops. She does. And uh, Paul Cantu says, no lies. I've heard of her name, obviously. I'm sure I've heard a song, uh, but I wouldn't know it was her. That's the thing. You probably like three or four of her songs and just don't know it. Don't know it. There's been that debate as to who's the biggest star in pop music since the year 2000. This is a great conversation for next for maybe tomorrow, right? So if we were to nominate who are the five biggest music acts of the 2000s, we would have Eminem, we would have Rihanna, Beyonce, Taylor Swift, and am I missing somebody? There's got to be a fifth one out there. I mean, Linkin Park would have been it if uh, Chester hadn't killed himself. Um but yeah, that, that's it, right? Rihanna, Beyonce, Taylor Swift, Eminem. I would I would put money that those are the four biggest artists of the two thousands. Let's see. Let me pull this up. <laughs> we're, we're 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 off the deep end right now. Let's see. Biggest acts of the two thousands. Biggest music acts of two thousand. That was just me coming off the top. Oh of my yeah, head. Here's where I, you oh have. you know what? Fit you know I'll put a number five somewhere in there. Adele. Yeah, well, this is what you got. You have Eminem, Linkin Park, Jay-Z, Beyonce, Coldplay, Avril Lavigne, Alicia Keys, Lady Gaga, Pink, and let's see, those are Kanye. All, those are a lot of tier twos, man. Yeah, you have Kanye, Shakira, U2, Destiny's Child, Green Day, Maroon 5, Aaliyah, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Madonna. Yeah, lots of tier yeah. twos and tier threes, although Chris reaches out and says Katy Perry. Uh, Katy Perry might be one, uh, might be in that top tier category. Uh, that whole album that she had with Roar was was massive. Was massive. Um, I like talking music because I'm a, I'm a big music fan. Uh, '90s rock is kind of my thing, uh, but I like listening to all sorts of things, and I can I can respect all sorts of types of music right now. See, that's what Paul. I'm like with Paul Cantu right here. He says I don't like that kind of music, so it's not like I wouldn't have listened to it all the way through. But I'd be looking for some Godsmack, System of the Down. 
that's his cup of tea. And I kind of agree with you. No, I that. understand that. But, you know, it's so funny, Joe, is that there's some people who only listen to one type of music. Yeah. I know some people who only listen to country. I don't do country, bro. Well, I, I, I mean, I'll do George Strait. I'll do Garth Brooks. I'll do Tim McGraw. Yeah. Faith Hill. Shania. I mean, I have family that listens to country religiously, but it's just not my thing. But think about that. Yeah. The, the people who only listen to country or I only listen to hard rock or I only listen to hip hop. There's more to life than just that. Yeah. I like hip hop. I like certain types of country. I like certain parts of I like a lot of rock. I mean, I mean, my my wheelhouse is typically 90s music, whether it be R&B or you whether a little be, reggae in there. No, I, I mean, little island music. I was in Jamaica in December <laughs> for our wedding anniversary, as our celebrating our ten-year wedding anniversary. So we went to Jamaica. So Hearing that's the steel all Bob drums. Marley. Hearing the steel drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, being asked on the street corner, do you want? <laughs> do I want some ganj? Do you want some ganj? Um, Our sauce, the sauce that they have, is pretty good. Bro. Yeah. No, it's it's fantastic. Uh, Paul Conti reaches out and says, '90s grunge, yes, dude. Get me some STP. Get me some uh, Audio Slave." Uh, get me some, you know, I mean, when I say 90s music, I hate to say this. I'm not talking about Nirvana and Pearl Jam. Yeah. I mean, I respect them. I like them. But you never see me going up and down the street listening to them. I mean, I would much rather listen to other 90s acts. <laughs> Man, look at Ace, dude. <laughs> give me some Smashing Pumpkins. Look for what he love. says, Mikey. You're the textbook definition of a whitewash meskin. I have no idea what that means, but uh, if that's a diss, middle finger for you, my man. No country, <laughs> no country. You can't listen to just you can't listen to reggae if you don't smoke weed. I, hey, Mike said he doesn't like it, man. So that's all I'm saying. Well, I mean, have you ever been to a dispensary like the ones that are out of state? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all good, man. I've been to one in Arizona. I've been to one in Colorado. California. I've been to one in Nevada. Okay. Uh, I will never do an edible ever again. The Why? one I had in Vegas. You said these edibles ain't shit, and then you were naked on the ground rolling around? Oh, dude. I was laying <laughs> in bed in my hotel room wondering if I was going to wake up the next morning. Oh, I can't breathe. <laughs> me and my friend. Me and my good friend were completely zonked out of our minds. He was in his room. I was in my room. And my heart rate was so fast. I was like, I'm never going to do this again. Never going to have a, a I can see again. my heartbeat. I can see the colors. I can see the colors. <laughs> and it was so weird. It was like, yeah, five joints for 35 bucks. We sell them in bundles. We sell them in packs. Bro, but you have to read the instructions. Some of the guys even at those no, dispensaries those would tell you, those you know, hey. Those were, the, the one in Arizona was interesting because um, – they go and they, they came up to us with a big old iPad. Yeah. And they were like, how do you want to feel today? Do you want to feel artistic? Do you want to feel um, mellow? Do you want to lower your blood pressure? Do you want to go to sleep? Uh, do you want to do you want to be active? Do you want to feel comical? Do you want to feel high? You know, which one do you want? How often do you do it? And it was like you, you answered the, the questions. Yeah. And then they go, based on what you've described, you need this strand. It is five for 40 bucks or five for Ooh. 30 bucks. They only sold them in packets of five. So I was like, okay, I'll go check this out. Uh, but no, uh, the, the dispensaries are pretty cool, man. They really are. Uh, Mario reaches out and says, I only listen to K-pop. Girl, dad, dude, my daughter, the one that goes to LSU is, is I'm not going to say she's huge into K-pop, 
but you know it, it's 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 part of her rotation of what she has out there bones which is out and says there's nothing wrong with listening to one genre lol yeah there is dude it's like eating mexican food every day okay got to throw in some some italian food got to throw in some mediterranean got to throw in some other things some barbecue you need to vary up some yeah. life it's not like i just listen to rock only i mean i listen to other types of music it's just not very into taylor swift you know never was really my thing you know Foo Fighters. I can listen to the Foo Fighters yeah, every I like day. Foo Fighters. You know, Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know, Blood Sugar Sex I just magic. thought you were going to throw in some Nickelback. I said, you look like a Nickelback kind of guy. I don't you care You know what? Uh, I'm not going to lie. They're, okay, okay, some of the most hated bands of all time had their moments. Had their moments. Nickelback was so overexposed. But if Rockstar comes out, <laughs> because it's a cheesy song, you know, so well, I, here's the thing. I think people that hate Nickelback hate the fact that the lead singer was his name Chad Kroger was married to Avril Lavigne. Yeah, Avril. yeah. So I think I I can see why they hate Nickelback. I mean, yeah, it, it's like I hate Nickelback, but if you were loaded in your car, you know, it'd be like, "This is how you <laughs> remind me of what I really am." You know, another band I think that's up there that's hated too is is Creed. Okay, I would have to say Creed is another one. Okay, so let's talk about Creed. Okay, Creed, who by the way. They played at the uh, Dallas Cowboys Thanksgiving game probably about 20 years ago, right? And uh, Creed is a, a very hateful band. Um, Scott Stapp is a douchebag, and he's somebody yeah, who he is. I mean, he's a douchebag on the same level as Kid Rock, right? Um, and they hung out together, too. And hung out together means they, yeah. you know, naked uh, with other ladies in the, in the room, right? Uh, but but Creed had a very good album when they first came out. Like Human Clay was trash, uh, but My Own Prison, you know that album was actually very very good. Came out in 1997, and the My Own Prison album was a staple at all the pool halls in the late 90s. Yeah. If you went to Rocky J's or you went to Diamond J's or you went to Clicks or you went to any place that had a pool hall, you know. Nice rack or whatever it is on on Wurzbach and, yeah. and 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 I ten, you go over there. Nickelback, I mean not Nickelback, Creed, 1997, 1998, 1999. You would hear songs like "Ode" and "What's This Life For" and "Torn" and "My Own Prison." So for those who say that they hate Creed, and if they're our age, if they're in their forties and they say they, they hate, that they like rock but they hate Creed, screw you. There's a reason why <laughs> Kiss plays it. Like every two hours, yeah. They still There's a reason the for that. Yeah, it's still on the set list of what they're doing. Uh, but but ninety nine point five Kiss is so like dated, bro. Like they play the same songs on repeat. It's just probably going to be in a different order. But generally, if you go through the day and you listen to the to their music, their playlist, it's the same thing over and over, man. Like you got to kind of throw something else in there. Yeah, you you do, and and that's the problem with classic rock is that. What do you describe as classic rock? It doesn't have to evolve because Kiss was playing 90s rock when I was growing up, and they're playing they're 90s playing rock 90s now. Rock. They might throw in a little of the 2000s here well, and there. Well, I mean, I, mean, I mean, there's very little rock music these days, yeah, man. It's all pop now, man. I mean, and, and it, it changed a little bit when it came to, like, uh, Linkin Park, right? Yeah. Uh, Linkin Park is in that same vein as STP and Red Hot Chili Peppers, right? Um but it's just so funny how 
rock music never evolved. Rock music, I'm not saying that it's dead, like hard rock music. I'm not saying that it's dead because there's always still Foo Fighters out there doing their thing and Metallica will release music. And, you know, we had finally got, you know, some music from Guns N' Roses. But come on, man, those are all musicians and singers that are in their 50s and 60s. Like what happened to the 25-year-old rock star, the 30-year-old rock star? Yeah, who are the are gone. Who, who are the biggest current rock bands right now? And you know, I mean, there's certain bands out there that are very popular, like the Deftones and whatnot. And I, I understand the appeal. I really do under I really do understand it. Um, but it's just few and far between. It's not like the way it was when I was growing up, when you were growing up. Mario Cavas was with arms wide open. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, dude. That whole video where he's up there pretending to be Jesus and he says that he's not. I mean, I don't mind it being I mean, they were in some respects a Christian rock band just without the Jesus in it. Because oh, I don't know, man. I guess that maybe you could see it that way, but when you start finding out what what Scott was, Staff was doing. Yeah, yeah. But that's what the lyrics were. I mean, look at the look at my own prison. You know, they re they reference Gabriel in there. That is an archangel that they're referencing. Yeah. The lyrics were, were were religious. It's just the guy singing it was not a religious guy. But 90s rock, early 2000s rock. I mean, I like a lot of it. Yeah. And then you have, I mean, dude, uh, there's a concert that's going to go on in Lubbock that I want to go to. I think it's in August or September. And you're going to make fun of me for it. But it goes back to like, the 90s to early 2000s incubus oh yeah yeah i remember the incubus with third eye blind uh, <laughs> i remember third eye blind do, 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 yeah do, do, hey they do, still do, play do, some do, of their do, jingles do. in uh car commercials here they do yeah yeah okay first of all incubus is great i saw third eye blind in concert twice in the 90s i saw them at the texas motor speedway it was a very good show it was a blockbuster video concert series that they had over there and the festival there had Collective Soul, No Doubt, Bush, uh, uh, Presence of the United States, had the Nixons, had Matchbox 20, Third Eye Blind, uh, had Jewel. It's kind of weird. And the um, whole mix. Throw <laughs> in it, it, Jewel. Yeah, yeah. Let's just, <laughs> she was hot, by the way. I was yeah, really no close up there. But now I like talking uh, rock music. I like talking pop music. And I apologize to everybody if I went a little bit long on the Taylor Swift talk. Am I a Swifty? Well, if I have 10 songs that I like of her on yeah, my phone. Yeah, I think you are. I mean, I've got like 1,500 songs that are saved on here. 10 of them belong to her. How many songs do you think of, of Taylor Swift does Pledge have in his playlist? Well, thank you to James Pledger for being on the show yeah, today. Yeah. Uh, follow him on Twitter at I am Pledger. Um, 15? Wow. I mean, Wildest Dreams is a good song. Pledger and I have gone to the Pub. And have taken over the jukebox. <laughs> and we've played Kesha. We've played Pink. Dude, I'm not that kind of guy who's like, oh, well, that's just not manly music, dude. I would say that probably 80% of the songs on my list here are probably sung by dudes. Because most music is. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not going to turn back a Lady Gaga song. <laughs> She's an American treasure. She's an American treasure. Again, follow James Pledger at I Am Pledger on Twitter. His show is called Extra Innings. It's Monday through Friday starting at 6 p.m. on San Antonio Sports Star. He's also the host of the Saturday Morning Hangover along with Katie Goodman and uh, with, uh, uh, with, with Thompson's Kid. I can't believe I'm, I'm having a brain fart here. Rob Thompson's Kid uh, is, is also on there. Um, 
we also have the fact that uh, uh, we would like for you to subscribe to San Antonio to uh, subscribe to Jeff Garcia and Locked On Spurs. That's what I was trying to say. Locked On Spurs podcast daily content of the silver and black. Lots of content going on over there about Victor Wembanyama, about the Spurs being recognized for their their works in the community after what happened in Evalde, the school shooting there over a year ago. Check out Jeff Garcia on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. Thank you again to Cynthia J Sanchez from J Par Real Estate. She is our sponsor of today's show. 210-273-0748. Again, a free market analysis. If you'd like to know what your house is worth, reach out to her. 210-273-0748. Be part of the show. Again, thank you for subscribing. Hit the like button before you turn this off. Hit the like button. Do it now. Do it now. Like, subscribe, and share. Let people know that we're filling the gaps and we're trying to expand Sports Talk Radio between the hours of 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Right now we're going from 12 to about 1.15 or so. Help us out. If you know anybody who wants a sponsor, send them our way. And by the way, reach out to us on Twitter as well because you can be part of the show by recommending certain topics. Thank you for all of those who left comments today because it keeps the show going. It's a lot of fun. Uh, hope everyone has a great hump day out there. My name is Mike Jimenez. That is Joe Garcia. It's been a fun show. See you guys tomorrow.